And the entire Parsha's Kedoshim is Moshe telling lots and lots and lots of laws, like very small, mini sentences almost, to the Jewish people. That's why it says it's, it's such a holy Parsha. Most of the Torah, so to speak, is, is implied or alluded or referenced in these many, many, many laws. So, verse 15, you shall not do wrong in justice, you shall not favor a poor man, you shall not honor a great man, with righteousness you shall judge your fellow. So Rashi says, when it says you should not do wrong in justice, this teaches us that a judge who perverts the judgment is called someone who's doing something wrong, and then Rashi gives many other words, a wrongdoer, hateful, repulsive, banned, an abomination, and then Rashi gives many quotes to prove that. So in other words, we're saying here that when a person, when the judge judges wrongly, this tremendous, tremendous evil is viewed by God. Don't favor a poor person, meaning you shouldn't say, listen, he's poor. The rich person has to support him. If I have here a case in front of me between a rich person and a poor person, I'll make the poor person win. So then he'll get money from the rich person in a very honorable way. In the end of the day, anyway, the rich person is supposed to support him. No, you are the judge. The poor person's guilty. You've got to pronounce him guilty. Don't worry about the other financial issues involved. You should not honor a, rich, a great person. So similarly, a person shouldn't say, listen, this person's so rich. He's a son of great people. He has tremendous ancestry. How can I humiliate him by ruling against him? That's wrong. I, I will be punished for, for, for humiliating such a great person. No, same idea. You've got to be an honest judge. If he, Yes, he's a great, amazing, wonderful person with the most noble ancestry. But if right now he should lose your case, then he has to lose the case. And don't worry about it. Don't make these other thoughts that would make you pervert the judgment. With righteousness, you should judge your fellow. So Rashi explains this two ways. The, the simple meaning. So according to the simple meaning, with righteousness refers to the judge. Be fair in judging any case that comes before you, which is what we've just been saying. But there's a second interpretation, which is judge your friend favorably. Give him the benefit. In other words, when something in his conduct is questionable, give him the benefit of the doubt. So here when we're saying with righteousness shall you judge your fellow, with righteousness isn't about the judge, it's about the person being judged. If you have to judge the conduct of someone else, attribute to this other person the attribute of righteousness. Next verse, you should not go about gossiping among your people. You should not stand over the blood of your friend. I am God. So the verse says, I mean, in English, we translate it as don't go about gossiping, which is, yes, that, that is what it means. And you have a very complex Rashi to bring you to understand that that's what these words mean. Because in the Hebrew, it says, Los don't go as a Rachel. So what's a Rachel? The Rashi explains that someone who goes about and says Lashon Hara and says malicious talk, what he's doing is such a person who's into this goes out the people's houses and he tries to spy out, which in Hebrew is to be miragel, what bad he sees, what bad he hears. Then he could go about and spread it. So such people are going about. It's called hoche losvelech rachil. He's going about as a rachil. Rachil is like the word ragil. In other words, don't go about gossiping is linguistically like don't go about spying. Because these professional gossipers are professional spies 
seeing and hearing things to then be able to repeat them. So now, what the Rashi does for the bulk of the Rashi is show that Rachil, the word in our Pasuk, is like the word Ragil for spying. And the Rashi says it's true in spelling. Obviously, there's just a one-letter difference between the two, the Chaf and the Gimel. And it's also in pronunciation. The Chaf of Rachil and the Gimel of Ragil are coming from the same place. They're all called letters of the palate, palatal. So since they're coming from the same place, in a certain way, in the Hebrew language, they can be transposed. Um, as Rashi goes into this at length, speaking about all the different parts, the letters, and how they are connected because they're formed in the same part of the, of the mouth, and therefore they have this ability to be transposed. Like Al-Hechasanayin are all guttural letters, the letters of the throat. Dalit, Tes, Lamed, Nun, and Saf are all letters of the tongue, right? We form them with the tip of our tongue. Bentles, Zayin, Stamach, Tzadik, Resh, and Shin are all sibilants, they're all letters of the teeth. And Be'ez, Vav, Mem, and Fe are all the letters of the lips. So the letters we're focusing on, Gimel, Yud, Chaf, and Kuf, are letters of the palate. So that's why we're looking here at this idea and we're saying that these two words, Rachel and Rachel, because they have such a bond in terms of how they're you know, filtering through your experience that they really both are sound similar. They come from the same place in in the in the mouth. They're both coming from the palate. So therefore they can be transposed. And the meaning is very similar. Because we're saying that Rachil means to gossip, coming from the word Rugil, which means, as we're saying, the spy. So it's a very similar meaning. As one spies to gossip and spies and gossip. Now, the Targum translates this phrase as don't eat of winking, which means so the wink is like slandering. So we're saying like he winked against him means he slandered him. Now, Rashi says, it seems to me the practice was that someone who's, you know, this professional gossiper going around to gossip, he will eat something in every house of where he's gossiping. And this eating is like an affirmation. Yes, it's true. I'm vouching for my words. So this eating is called the eating of winking because when someone gossips, they usually wink with their eyes to sort of communicate by the gesture that, you know, what I'm saying is just between the two of us and no one should understand, but you understand what I mean. We're in this together. We're so cool. Wink, wink. So that winking, you might think of this as a, a modern communication technique, but Rashi's talking about this, so he's writing this about a thousand years ago, and he's referring to these quotes from the Pesukim and from the Gemara that are about a thousand years before that. So the idea of the wink, wink affirmation of like just the two of us understand this wink, wink, we're slandering other people, but we're in the know and nobody else's wink, wink, has been around definitely as far as we go back to Targum Onkelos 
to the Talmud, etc. So this is again the the losele hurachil according to Uncleus. This eating of winking that Uncleus is referring to, which Rashi says is what would happen after the gossiper shared the gossip. He would eat something with that wink, wink, to affirm what he said was true. Don't stand on the blood of your friend. Meaning, don't see if someone if someone's about to die, and you could save him, but you don't. You know, someone's drowning in the river. You can swim. There's a wild animal attacking him. There's bandits attacking him. In these cases, don't just stand there. Do something. I am God. So why are we at I am God here? He's saying, I'm faithful to reward you. I'm faithful to punish you. I'm telling you, protect someone else's life. If you can't be bothered, don't want to get involved think it might look a little dangerous, I'm God. I understand everything you're doing and I appreciate it. And if you don't do it, I'll punish you. I'm God. I see what's happening and I know you're capable, so help this other person. 